Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In this cogent, timely, and provocative documentary film, South to Black Power, we follow New York Times columnist and best-selling author Charles M. Blow, known for his latest work, The Devil You Know, A Black Power Manifesto, as he sets off across the country on a personal journey to test his theory on black liberation, which involves a daring strategy for black Americans to move to the southern states to control southern legislatures and gain greater political power. The book serves as kind of a backdrop to this particular idea, as well as getting to know a little more about Charles M. Blow and his life. South Political Power will be premiering on HBO on Tuesday, November 28th, and will be available to stream on Max. We're joined today by the co-directors of this wonderful documentary film, and that would be Llewellyn Smith, as well as Sam Pollard. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. I have personally gotten to know about the work and about the perspective of Charles Blow by seeing him on a number of different news programs over these many years. He's always struck me as someone who has a a thought-provoking perspective on world events, political events, particularly in the realm of uh, domestic politics. Sam Pollard, how did this project come together? Well, initially, uh, R.J. Cutler and his company, This Machine, reached out to me about taking on a documentary based on a book that Charles had written called The Devil You Know, whose thesis was that his generation of African-Americans and younger generations of African-Americans should consider moving back south to gain social and political power. So they optioned the book, and then they brought me in, and I decided I wanted to co-direct with Llewellyn Smith, who's a close and longtime colleague and friend. And uh, we all came together and we developed a, a pitch and we pitched it to a bunch of different streamers. And the one streamer that really decided that this was a project they wanted to do was HBO. And that's how it all started. As I mentioned in the introduction, the idea of African-Americans coming back to the South. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that as well as was it always going to be a film following Charles around the country, around the places he grew up in? How did that all come together? I think, well, I think we wanted to, reading Charles's book and looking at what, you know, the essentially the, what he's, what he's proposing, which is uh, a kind of reverse migration of African-American families and individuals back to the South to, to take political power uh, in the legislatures of a, a range of Southern states, where there's already a fair number of African-American voters uh, living already. Looking at that concept. What we talked about, Sam and I talked about, was exploring this as a travel story where, you know, we follow Charles going through different states, meeting different people, uh, having various conversations with people who are really excited and, and really interested in this idea. And some people who are saying, no, this doesn't really resonate with me. So it's a range of encounters that he has. We're following the encounters he has as he sort of walks out this, this, uh, this recipe for Black power and how it's responded to. The other thing um, that happens with the book and also with our film is that Charles, we talked about whether we would have other perspectives outside of um, the perspective of African-Americans uh, that he meets and other people. 
And we decided not to do that. His book doesn't bring in other perspectives. And so we just left this as a story of African-American people thinking about what their future might be. There's not a lot, there's no objective sort of commentary. And there's no, it's almost like if you're, I was saying earlier, if you're, if you're a white person listening or watching this show, it's like you're on the wall, listen to African-Americans talk about their lives and their futures. Let's talk about the Great Migration. Sure, the Great Migration was a major part of American history, African-Americans moving from basically the South to the North, the East Coast and the West Coast and the Midwest. And, uh, you know, they were looking to escape the horrific, you know, oppression of uh, American apartheid and racism in the South, hoping to have new, better lives in the North. And uh, many people moved to Chicago, to New York, to Detroit, to Oakland to Los Angeles, you know, and uh, that was part of it. And, and you know, the reality was that they they confronted the same sort of issues, not to the same level in some places, but they still had to deal with racism in these northern enclaves. And so Charles is saying, okay, let's look at this, where we are as, an, as a country today and where African-Americans are today you know, and should they consider moving back south to places like where Charles has moved to, to Atlanta, to Mississippi. In my case, I moved to Baltimore, Maryland, you know, and sort of rethinking not only from an economic perspective, but from a social and political, social and political perspective, how to empower ourselves. You know, it was it was the important migration that happened. You know, it was a complex migration that happened from the early part of the 20th century up until the 50s. And now Charles is saying, let's have a reverse one. And there's yeah. some people who are on board with it, and there's some people who challenge it. I mean, yeah. we went to Chicago with Charles, where the lady there basically said she didn't want to go back south. She wanted to see if she could empower her community in Chicago, where others like Charles has moved back south, hoping to empower Black people. So, you know, it's a, it's a complex issue in there, and it, and it brought up lots of questions and and that, you know, I'm not sure all the answers are what we want to hear sometimes, but it was something that we felt that was important to tell. So we went on this journey with Charles, you know, so this road trip, taking him to Mississippi, taking him back to his home in Louisiana, Gibson, Louisiana, taking him to North Carolina, taking him to Chicago, you know, to really explore what he was, what he's dealing with in his book. There has been versions of this idea that have been around for for a little while, I seem to remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, I seem to remember that this was something that Malcolm X in some version was talking about. There have been other African-American leaders. Certainly, certainly Marcus Garvey is probably one Marcus of Marcus Garvey, you know, okay. You know, yeah. Promoters of this, and then you can go even go back, I'm sorry, you went back to the 1800s when there were there, um, people who were proponent, African-American leaders who were organizing and urging African-Americans who to leave the United States, and if they were able to come out of slavery to go to, uh, back to Africa. This is a long question of how do Black people find their own independence and their own power. Right. A lot of people have been talking about, over decades, going back to Africa, forming some other community space. What, and Charles makes the point, and there have been independence movements in this country, yeah. and we talk about one of them, the Republic of Africa, in the film. What Charles makes the point about is that he wants to look at the constitution and use the structures of this country to see if they can be used to really empower african-americans as opposed to create a separate effort a separate sort of identity a separate sort of action i think that one of the things about the the you know, sam was describing really well the 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 the, the range and the, the impact of the the great migration 
one of the things we talk a, a bit about, and, and Charles talks about extensively in his book, which is the sort of the myth of the, 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 the it's, it's mythologized. There's such an extraordinary movement of African-American people, such extraordinary outputs in terms of culture and art in, in, in these various cities. But as, as Sam mentions, what happened for African-Americans in these places was not at all you know, the promise of freedom, the promise of having uh, a life lived outside of white uh, racism and, and oppression. And so uh, when we hold on to that idea, uh, what you can begin to see Charles's idea as not so much, this is the way in which we, this is the only way in which we can uh, make this change. And he acknowledges this himself. He talks about at one point in the film, is, I'm not saying this is the only way we can change, but what he's also suggesting is that if we really want to have parity and, and, and the empowerment of African-American communities, something different has to happen from what we have continued to do. And that's the importance of one of the more important ideas in the film. It's not that this is a model, but it's challenging us to think about what really needs to be done. If all the organizing within political parties, the, the conventional ways in which we've looked at how we would change the future haven't done anything in a century then what is the thing that needs to happen? What kind of changes need to happen outside of the traditional comfortable actions we've taken? And there is something to that. I think that as, as we're watching the Supreme Court, the current Supreme Court, essentially dismantle the federal government's authority to do things. You're seeing a return of the, there's a lot of power to the states. From a macro political perspective, states are currently where the action is. We're seeing more and more power being vested by virtue of the decisions that the Supreme Court has been making over the last probably half decade. And we're going to see more of that, I believe. So in some ways, that's a politically astute thing to be thinking about. Not only just not only the idea of parity or some having political parity, that, that it makes sense in, a, in some version, and whether or not it comes were to come true in the in the numbers, but it, that that would be needed to be a majority in the states. You still have three or four states that are described in the film: Louisiana, I think, um, Mississippi, is it South Carolina? That's thirty plus percent of the of the mm -hmm. population, right? So that in and of itself, by the way, would be a massive political shift within the Senate if there were suddenly six Senate seats that were more in play for what I would assume to be a Democratic candidate. That would be a massive political shift in this country. So for me, as a political consultant, someone who did campaign work, it just made sense to me, I guess, on that on that level. Well, I think you're right. I mean, the, the question is, is how long can it take for it to happen? I mean, you know. Yeah. The process of democracy is a slow one, you yeah. know, and it has this, you know, you go two steps forward, then you go three steps back, then you go three steps forward, you go two steps, you know, it's yeah, a no, long, I... arduous process. Yeah. But the idea that Charles is promoting is, a, is an excellent one from my perspective. Yeah. And again, from a strictly political perspective, um, and, and I, you know, I've been hearing for a couple of cycles now that Mississippi is trending that's a big that's always a dangerous word in 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 its terms of its politics in terms of the people who are viable as candidates i know mississippi is described in the film as something other than that and we we has there's plenty of history to back that up but i i found not only did i find charles to be so engaging and so uh thought provoking in the film but it was great to get a chance to not only get to meet him but the people that he is bringing into this conversation in the film. I just, I really, really, um, it really uh, enriched it. Go ahead. Well, you see his passion and his commitment yeah. to his yeah. thesis and his idea. Yeah. And he's a real, you know, he's he's trying to rally people to follow his example. 
just want to re- let people know that the film is uh, premiering on Tuesday, November 28th on HBO. And it's also available on HBO Max or Max for you to stream. And I'm going to cross-pollinate a little bit here in our conversation. There have been a couple of documentary films that this is, I think, companion piece with. Uh, one is After Sherman, um, who a, a wonderful documentary film uh, about the loss of land in South Carolina post reconstruction. Yeah. That to me, you know, kind of uh, buttresses this. And another documentary film that I thought was just w- wildly underappreciated was something called Neutral Ground by C.J. Hunt. These are two documentaries I think that I see as companion pieces to well, what you should also comes. include. You should also include Miles's Ralph Peck's latest film, Silver Dollar Road. Okay. That, that's now yeah. on Amazon. That also looks at, you know, um, African-Americans being displaced from land that was their property. There's another voice from the film that I want to bring into our conversation, and that would be the mayor of the city of Jackson, Mississippi, the capital of Mississippi, Chokwe Lumumba, who I thought was fantastic part of the film that he's there to talk about a lot of different things, but one of them has to do with water and talking about how one of the classic ways in which black people have been manipulated and controlled is through water. And in light of what happened in Flint, and also in this film, he is prescient and he is a predictor of what is what has happened to Jackson, Mississippi, by virtue of water. I thought that in and of itself was a, a remarkable uh, detail in this film. Oh, I agree. I mean, he, he's, he's, you know, he understands the impact that the state, the, the state rights yeah. issue and how important, you know, it is for us, you know, us being able to have power within the state legislature to make change happen. And if you don't, you see what happened in Jackson, Mississippi. The conversations that Charles has with his family, particularly with his mother and her history, is another very interesting and illuminating part of the film. Um, just his family in general. I guess what I'm, I guess the general question here, uh, Lou, would be is this an idea that is getting any traction or is it creating a level of conversation that is going to move the needle in some way? Charles and other people make the point that, you know, the movement, um, African Americans looking at the South for opportunity and moving back in, 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 in different states, that's already happening. It's happening for political reasons, but also for other kinds of reasons. There are people, you know, people living in spaces in Chicago and other cities where they just either not being able to find the work that they want or not being able to feel safe. So there are lots of reasons that people are actually coming back. Um, I think what Charles is trying to do is, is is accelerate that, but also focus attention on the possibilities, as you were talking about earlier, the possibilities for empowerment through action to take control of these state legislatures. As he makes the point, the things that we care most about in many ways are really controlled by the, the state legislature. Everything from how how the courts are going to work out to sentencing, to, to education, to, you know, even the issues around banning books, that's not a federal question that's the challenge of having an estate um and so that so that's and so i think he makes a powerful point that that's where if you really want to gain traction on political power in a way that's never been seen in this country before that's the way to start going back to my days in politics it was 2008 when obama was running for president and it became clear that he was going to beat mccain the uh, Koch brothers and others pulled 
all of their money out of the presidential campaign and put it into state races, state house races, meaning governor's races, state legislature races, judges, Supreme Court judges in, in states, because that's where they did very, very well in 2008. And the political consequences of that were that the census was coming up in 2010, and from there they were able to start manipulating the maps, the political maps, gerrymandering it, so that uh, even if the Democrats won a majority in a in a state like North Carolina, they would still be able to control the state legislature through gerrymandering. So that was a really important race, and it, the significance of it are still being felt to this day. Yeah, but, you know, keep in mind, I mean, just as an aside, and this is that strategy of trying to take funds and develop control of state legislatures and then also be able to, that strategy for the Republicans in the conservative uh, sphere has been, that's that's a decades-long strategy. Yeah. They've, been, they've started a long, and I think that's kind of something to think about as well. I mean, that 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 didn't just happen overnight. Right. You know, it's the culmination of, of incredible, you know, huge amounts of money and huge amounts of uh, thinking through how do we do this, which is something I think the Democratic Party has never found a way to sort of do to think ahead that way. Thank you so much uh, again um, for this wonderful documentary called South to Black Power. And again, it's uh, premiering on Tuesday, November 28th on HBO. It'll be available streaming on HBO Max after that. And um it's always a pleasure, Sam Pollard, to have you on the program. Thank you so much for not only you, this particular conversation, but also your body of work. And Llewellyn M. Smith, the one of the co-directors of, the, of this wonderful film, South to Black Power. And uh, thank you so much for your time and for this wonderful work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 